verbal tap, it proves as a show, thesis-wise, many things. But one of them is that fighting, not always easier from outside the cage, especially when you give the villain direct access keys and a butler on the way in. That makes the cage more dangerous when you invite fighters, which means that it's time for verbal tap. I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Rafa Sparza and some unnamed East Coaster. Mm. I'm not even going to. Mm. I, I refuse. I absolutely, mm-hmm. especially after the beating that Zach took. Oh, wait, I spoiled it. Kevin, <laughs> no. Zach's back by popular demand. The people wanted it. Raph. Raph, how are you doing mm, before yeah. we before we talk to the guest? <laughs> what a great moment. We've got this guest on the line, but let's let him simmer while I've already insulted him. Raph, how are you doing, my friend? Kev, I will say that is a power play, almost like a shove in an octagon to try and assert your dominance. Metaphorically, dominant. yeah, I mm. like it. Yeah. Mm. But what are you referencing? <laughs> Which <laughs> Let's start with that. I'm gonna, we'll okay. go around the horn with Zach. Raph, but Raph, I mean, yeah. Zach uh, Malslani something mm. who we can remember <laughs> from the Unfinished Business podcast. Sure. Wait, what? Sorry, I was listening to another podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Trying okay. to get some insight. He was listening to Men with Erectile <laughs> Dysfunction uh, and their stories. That's just what I heard. That's his favorite cast. Zach, hey, how are you bro, doing this evening? They got some good stories. Man. <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm chilling. Thank you guys for having me back on. Well, Brock. That's the big topic. I can, we yeah. got to throw it around the ref. You're the wrestling fan here. I could give a shit, but that was arguably the UFC's most exciting moment in three years. Okay, let's start by discussing this because <laughs> I'm the happiest about this. I love when MMA fans cry tears of pro wrestling because it hurts them. It makes them go to a deep place of what is this, the WWE now? Motherfuckers, it's been WWE since day one. It's production value, it's storytelling, and if you don't see it, you're dumb. Now, I want to tell you guys this, because this is an actual true story. Today, I was in an Uber where my driver thought that Uncle Hanach and Edgy Braj have real beef, okay? Now, it was hard for me not to break the Santa Claus rule with this guy, and he was close because I was like, oh, is he tricking me? Is he trolling me? And he's just like, nah, dude, and even the way he gets under Joe Rogan... Like when he was in that shower and he was talking to him and it was like, man, dude, that was some intense shit. Now, I thought this Uber couldn't get any weirder, Kev, until there was another passenger who comes in the pool. I do the pool to save some money, kids. I hate that. Yeah. But another passenger comes in. This guy overhears us talking MMA. goes, oh, man, that Brock Lesnar, am I right? And I was like, yeah, dude, it's crazy. And he goes, so who do you have in that fight, Brock or DC? And I go, DC. And he goes, in what world does Brock Lesnar lose to Daniel Cormier? And I was like, in the real world? Like, <laughs> are we here now? And I was like, curious. I just go like, what What do you think's going to happen in that fight? And he just goes, Brock's, you know, Brock's got like raw power. It just felt short of him saying, like, when he was against The Undertaker, man, he ruined the streak, and I was just like, I, I have to temper my expectations. This has got everybody talking, Kevin, in every Uber across this nation. So that's the temperature on the side of the West Coast. I'm going to interrupt the great and talented and uh, charming Raph Esparza, because I have got to tell you about our friends. You know our friends. North-South Jiu-Jitsu 
underwear, northsouthjujitsu.com. You get those spats. Look, you're training hard. You should wear something skin tight a little bit, especially for after training, right? You throw them off. It's like, oh, I didn't notice my beautiful north-south underwear showing. Sorry about that world, which I think is good, especially in the U.S. markets. You know, we're a little too prude. Northsouthjujitsu.com. Get your A1s, 2s, 3s, 4s, 5s, whatever size you are. They're amazing. Uh, the A4s keep me just biking ready right now because I can't try. I can't. Not for a few more. It doesn't matter. Not for a few more months. But when I can train, I'm going to be ready. And I'd like to tell you a little bit more about why. Finally, getting some supplements that are 100% natural. Have none of the bad stuff for me, right? None of those crazy sugars or weird color injections. 100% natural ingredients. You got to start with Proven Nutrition's core drink. And as Raph found out, the packets are unbelievable. They're so helpful. You go to ProvenNutrition.com. You're going to find everything you need to. ProvenNutrition.com. Put in Kevin Tan or Raph Tan. Back to the podcast. Uh, to the great and talented Raph as far as we go. Zach, what was your reaction when you saw what you saw? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I've been a, a, a wrestling fan, you know, when I was younger, but, um, uh, I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like it's kind of weird to try I mean, I don't mind. I'll watch the fight obviously. And I think it'll be interesting. I think DC beats the shit out of him, but I mean, you know, I guess that's their thing. They just, that's ratings. You know what I mean? People are, the, the nor, uh, how do you get normal people that don't aren't nuts like us to tune in to watch it? And there it is right there. Put in Brock Lesnar. There was somebody at the gym today who was saying it feels like Dana White and Brock Lesnar are making it rain. And they made the make it rain motion. And I go, let me give you the metaphor of how this actually works. They make it rain. And then all of us, like podcasters, other fighters, are literally underneath them clinching those dollars they're making it rain with because business just picked up for all of us your podcast got more listens based off of it whether you know it or not other fighters who are going to be on that card are going to make way more money than they were supposed to and i tell you this usada is going to have a field day going to test brock lesnar i'm sorry quotation marks test (laughs) brock lesnar kev Do we test Brock or does he just get the express lane? But look, what happened this. Okay. So admittedly, I didn't watch live. I watched it the next. I watched it today. It had uh, this is the first card that it felt like the theater really outperformed any of the fights. And Mm. I mean, with Mike Perry, that's really saying something. There was a lot the way they brought him in. Like seconds beforehand, he's talking to Joe Rogan. He's working the room like a politician. Seconds later, he's pointing at his chest and pushing the guy that just uh, became the baddest man on the planet. Might have pushed him a little hard, I thought. I thought the push could have been taken down just a scotch because it felt a little wrestling to me. But <laughs> otherwise, fan effing tastic to have like. What they got right was the stage theater part, which is where the opponent's right there. This is what the UFC used to do all the time, and I think they've maybe gotten away from or just not as good at, or maybe they have too many people not fighting at any given point. It was fun having the guy like pointing, Brock being like, I I'm going to fuck up whoever's next. <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. Wait any longer. How have we gone this long without talking about the short guy who pushed Brock Lesnar? 
I want to tell you this. When you represent the Lollipop Guild and you push Brock Lesnar, it is fantastic television. <laughs> Ladies and gents, this is not only the best part of a pay-per-view, it's the best part of anything pro wrestling as well. Because, Kev, we're talking about Isada. We're talking about Brock Lesnar making a splash. We're talking about the fact that he was brought in to watch this fight. So when people say, was this staged? You bet your fucking life it was staged. Yeah. What do you mean it wasn't? I mean, was it staged? Who gives a sh- Yes. That, how do you think these things happen? Like, when, when did it, when did staging <laughs> become a problem? Yeah. It's a f- show. Just like both fighters arriving, uh, time was fucking staged before <laughs> Steve A's we had entrance one fan, Kev, was pretty who staged. Said, one fan who said, I can't believe it. I was there live and I saw Brock Lesnar come out for only that fight. And then he walked in that cage and. They Here's showed the thing that, that bugs on me. television. They, they, yeah. they were like, Brock Lesnar <laughs> makes his way to the <laughs> yeah, cage like it. he was the president headed to Congress. <laughs> so, uh, Zach, I'm going to get to a question with you first, but I want to paint the scene a little bit for why it's so fucking ridiculous and great at the same time. Because it does sound like somebody in the truck of the production going, cue Brock in three, two, one. Two. All right, now take on Brock, take on Dana's bald face, get them together. We're going to tell a story afterwards. Now, here's what happens afterwards. Dana White is talking to the media, and every one of these motherfuckers is following a script to a T, and it's glorious because they sound like how when you're basically called on the stand and your lawyers coached you how to say a certain set of key words so that you can make your case that's exactly how they sounded because they were essentially echoing the talking points when Daniel Cormier goes, yeah, man, it's crazy. He just came in there and I didn't know he was going to push me. What? That's weird. Dana continues his script. Yeah. You know, it's really dumb. (laughs) He was right next to me. I swear to God, Brock Lesnar was getting worked up the whole fucking time. And it's like, everybody's painting it just a little bit richer and a little bit deeper. So having said that, we did preview that last week. Zach, this combines a little bit of fight A and B. I'm talking about the co-main and main event. Was the best gift for the UFC that night the shittiest heavyweight contender match? A true blessing to making us all forget like, oh yeah, fuck whoever's trying to fight for that title. Just slip Brock in there. It's fine. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard people saying that already. Like I've heard a bunch of people saying that. Well, who are they going to let him fight? In Ganu, he sucks. You know what I mean? So right away, people are <laughs> on those guys sucking, and uh, they're just like, yeah, they they might as well let Lesnar in. Those other two guys sucked. So um, I think it was a good idea. I mean, I think they should have brought the Undertaker and Coco Beware and you know Honky Tonk Man and the whole crew out. Why not just pull out all the stuff? Man, didn't the Undertaker used to sit in the in um. Oh, yeah. Like the crowd and stuff like that? Usually, right? The Undertaker has been known to make... and Well, here's the sad part about using the Undertaker now. Uh, The reason his entrance takes so long is because he has to take breaks on that long journey when he waltzes out there. He kind of has to, like, have the lights dim, and then he's just kind of... Oh, fuck. He only goes to Kenny Loggins (laughs) concerts now. That's just what I heard. (laughs) I don't know that for a fact. But, okay, so... Three Undertakers, like there was like three Ultimate Warriors or something, or then like one die and then they had these another one. So there was the fake Undertaker 
Uh, if you'll recall, oh, okay. at a SummerSlam, I think 93, it was Undertaker versus Undertaker uh, for the soul of the Undertaker. Anyway, Kev, I'm not getting right. into that. That's a different <laughs> podcast. I'm riveted. Sorry, guys. Fuck everything. Screw Brock Lesnar. <laughs> put everything on a hold. Was this like a uh, part of a thing for a while? Oh, or was it just... Hold on. If you, okay, you want to go into it? I'll go into it. I'll tell you this right now. You know that they got special guest star Leslie Nielsen to look into it. He was playing a detective, a uh, kind of variation on his police squad <laughs> character, to go figure out what the deal was between the two Undertakers. I think his search was to find the real Undertaker. Uh, but, little bit of trivia, I believe the second Undertaker was the person who ended up being Kane. Uh, so, yes. you know. I think I remember or, that, too. Dr. Isaac Yankum who was a dentist to Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, so he needed a better gimmick, and they gave him one. So you're welcome, pro wrestling fans. I just gave you your pro wrestling minute. Kev, I have to get off Damn. of the show for a second. Okay. I'm told yeah. that we have a an exclusive. Uh, well, first of all, I set this up using my special connections. I used to <laughs> sleep with one of the cage all manager's right. husbands. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, I hope they're both happy. <laughs> and Daniel, if you're listening, I do remember. We have Dana White on the line, fresh here to talk about what was, I thought, the tel- uh, we, when you catch live television in a fury like that, and I think Zach will agree, I think we caught live television, magic in a bottle. Dana, how was that orchestrating? How was it to just be so lucky? Yeah, luck had a lot to do with that. I'm not going to kid you guys. I did not stage that at fucking all. Hey, you dummies, here's what's going on. Okay, Brock Lesnar comes out, and he's just, he's a beast, man. Don't you just want to order that pay-per-view right now? Badly. I actually already did. I, I checked to see if it was pre-ordered. It's not yet. They haven't scheduled it. I'll take any of your non-USADA questions. Uh, what's the other guy? Who's the other guy on the show? Zach. Zach's, uh, it doesn't matter. Zach's the other guy on the show. All right, other guy. So I'll take any of your questions uh, that don't have to do with USADA. Uh, don't have to do with USADA. Uh, who cuts Brock Lesnar's hair? I'll tell you this. That unofficially a, might have to do with USADA. They're not allowed to catch the trippings unless he's at his special barber, so as not to raise any questions. Listen Go ahead, to me. Dana. Brock Lesnar's got a fucking guy that he goes to, and it's a fucking moo cow. So on that fucking farm, moo cow gets some shears and then takes off that crop top. Not hard to do. Kevin, do you have a USADA question for me? <laughs> I have about 47 moo cow questions. <laughs> Yeah, are you not still worried about? Was he suspended? Is he currently? You're not worried about any of that. You're just like Wait, John Jones I, you know, approving it. I don't. Don't quote me on this. I don't remember like a lot. But I mean, no. Cool. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, he's old. I mean, let people over thirty use all the steroids they want. Hey, these guys are both fucking forty years old. Okay. So, like, give them some credit. They got up. Well, when when can we expect the fight? And do you think it's actually going to happen, or is this just a uh, a proverbial unfinishers moment? This is definitely <laughs> a fight that we're going to make happen. And uh, you know, I mean, don't quote me on this. Uh, Brock Lesnar's already been in USADA, uh, the pool, that thing. Well, if you give me blue cage balls with this one, I'm going to be very upset. Zach, are you looking forward to this fight? Do you want to give Nana any words of encouragement, or is he? I don't know. Are you looking forward to this fight? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll watch it. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's uh, Ken Shamrock Kimbo esque. I mean, the guys. Oh, I think DC is oh. gonna beat. Ken, I think DC is gonna 
beat Brock up and it's going to look bad for him, look bad for Brock, but he's going to get paid. But um, maybe in the third round, can we introduce a steel chair or is that possible? Already taking care of that. Me and Vince, we already been talking about it. So here's how it's going to go. It's best two out of three. Brock's going to win the UFC. Uh, DC's going to win at WrestleMania. And then we're going to do a joint production. What? what about John Jones? Oh, who? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, John Jones is in the process of running over pregnant ladies. And, I, you know, I don't even know about John Jones. I might even throw Connor in there just as like a fun appetizer. Ooh, you heard it here. John Jones versus Connor McGregor coming this uh, to a fucking UFC show. Well, Dana, thank you for stopping by. You're always uh, a fan favorite. Um, did you remember all your lines or did you guys miss any parts of the script last night? Or did Actually, I kind of want to do this. Ask me again about USADA and uh, why uh, a guy who popped hot the last time uh is getting uh like a fast pass to the title shot ask me that question one more time yeah why how's uh someone who failed steroids just gonna be the number one contender and he didn't fail steroids he passed steroids oh. um so ask the question again real quick <laughs> uh it, how does he become the number one contender because ladies and gentlemen i'm dana white good night everybody um okay <laughs> i asked for that that's really my fault for not for just getting the abrupt ending Zach, I am enjoying the heel turn that the UFC is taking in there. I saw a funny meme that was like, find new cards. or Nope, just pull the Brock Lesnar one. Just great early <laughs> meme work already. I am, uh, I just, I can't believe they uh, don't give a shit about pulling back the veil and showing us the third wall. And I will watch this fight. Is how much... What do they do with these with the money wise? Well, let's bring Raf back. Raf, uh, <laughs> yeah. Numbers question: Is this yes. thing going to cost like a hundred bucks? Uh, no, no, no. They'll keep it like if they do their marginal yearly costs, they'll they'll bump it up five dollars. I feel they'll do it by the end of the year. Uh, here's a good news on that though. So they're just counting on Brack Lesnar to bring in more money, aka pay per view buys. I don't think yesterday clears 500k, and that would still be a huge pay per view if it did somewhere in the 400 for the UFC. But we're talking their July shows used to be their million eight hundred thousand sort of thing, so it, it does show you the state of the affairs. The other yeah. thing that is kind of interesting to see on this whole situation is Daniel Cormier and his post presser was saying how. You know, he's only got a few fights left. He still is saying March 2019 is it. So Brock has to be clean enough. And he says he won't fight Brock clean or unless he's clean. He even said he's going to do USADA, but that they're going to do additional testing. And when pressed for that, he's like, I'm going to only fight him clean. And they go, well, what kind of additional testing are you talking about? And he's like, oh, no, I've said too much. Um, uh, you know how like in other sports, you kind of like in boxing you do other testing and people go go on and he goes yeah that so it seems like hmm. everybody's all in on this high idea especially daniel cormier being like yeah he popped hot last time but <laughs> i'm gonna make a lot of pay-per-view buys on this <laughs> yeah. this was a big telling moment with dc backstage he said and this is 100 verbatim he said that when he fought alexander gustafson 
because they were asking if he'd be interested in a rematch there. He used to do the angle of saying he's already beaten him. But now he was saying they didn't draw any pay-per-views. So now he's saying there's only big money fights that he's interested in taking from here on out. And the names that got thrown around yesterday were Brock, maybe a steep A rematch, but he didn't seem super hot about that. Because he had that look of a kid who basically found a surprise in their McDonald's. Like they gave him two sets of hamburgers and was like, are you serious? (laughs) Oh, shit. That shit eating grit all night. And then somebody asked him about John Jones, and he's like, I'm really not that interested because now I hold the cards. But he did say toward the end when he realized the pay-per-view profitability, he's like, and yeah, I guess John Jones. So if he's going to fight two to three more times before he retires and he says it's still a set date, them's the matches you're probably looking at. And I think he even said if something happens in the light heavyweight, because I asked him, would you give that up? And he goes, eh, I mean, maybe. So... That's the state of Daniel Cormier. Um, I'll ask this to Zach. Greatest of all time? Uh, I mean, on paper, maybe. But I I don't even, I I can't even, I'm never good at those, man. I just like whoever I thought was like, you know what I mean? I I don't like even go by the paper sometimes. I I still think Fedor in his prime was the best. You know what I mean? But he might have been on jacked up on all types of steroids, too. So who the hell knows? Might have been. Just, I love you. Yeah. I love you so much. That is a good denial. Let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. Let me but ask you least... guys. Do you think that the UFC is ever going to run out of guys like Brock Lesnar? And you know what I mean? Is that like a dying breed of dudes where they're just going to run out of dudes? And now it's just going to be like actual guys who are just fighters, like not like, you know. Or do you think they're just going to keep, there's always going to be some dude like a CM Punk or a Brock Lesnar or a, you know what I mean? Or, um, you know, somewhere from someone, some, from somewhere that's not, you know, like a, like an MMA promotion coming in and, and fighting like this. Absolutely. Especially with the advent of more and more fight promotions, it won't be uncommon right. for them to pull out those big names because that's really what it is. It's just like when they look around, they go, GSP, he's back. And you go, okay, dope. I guess I'll see that fight. And then they look over and they go, CM Punk, he's a bullshit fucking fighter. But you're, I mean, it's a thing. So buy it, I hope. (laughs) But I feel like as long as there's. That one had a lot uh, of caveats, though. This one is just everyone's full gas throttle. It's like, who gives a shit? Because he's huge. We should see it. (laughs) Well, I mean, the other thing that they really can say is he was a former champion. So right. as much as you want to say the guy's gotten a fast pass, it's not the same conversation as CM Punk. And it's not the co- same conversation in two ways. He has, I think, three out of the top five. Uh, Connor may have changed this all. But he had three of the top five highest pay-per-view draws of all over a million, which means people are very much interested in seeing Brock Lesnar do his thing, whether it's getting the shit kicked out of him or just being around. So I guess he an answer huge. to your question. He is huge. You can he, see dude, he's a monster. He's big motherfucker. He is, he is just that guy who you said, man, if you're wrestling against him in like NCAA, I mean, if you have a loss against Brock Lesnar, you're doing just fine with your life. You didn't you didn't miss yeah. out on much. You know, we get it. So having said all those things, Kevin, one thing that did cross my mind is that uh, DC and Brock they like to bring up their wrestling pedigree. Do you think that that becomes a little bit of the draw for the two of them? Do they let a little bit of the hands kind of 
becomes secondary because they want to prove who's the better wrestler inside that cage? Or do you think that DC's like, oh, fuck that noise. I really need to punch this guy. What I think you just did with that question is open up the door for a singlets-only match, which we've talked about this before, but embrace it. Let's get some headgear on. It's like, these guys are definitely going to fight in four to six months, but first, we're going to have a good old-fashioned wrestling match. Because then, frankly, what if he wins? Brock, I mean. Then you really Mm -hmm. up the hype. So what I think we should do is get the answer to that question on a bridge. Sadly, I do not think we will. First of all, you already know it. Brock Lesnar doesn't really... uh, It's not his game to exchange. He usually gets knocked out when that happens. So So here's the... Definitely going to wrestle. And Cormier wanted to. If you watch the Stipe, I mean, I will hit you with this fist. But before that... Okay, so here's the other part of this. Because... I like where your head's at on that because DC himself said he'd be willing to out wrestle him. He's like, yeah, let's get some singlets on and let's see who what? like wrestle. Yeah. Like 100% said that in the post presser cap. So you're not wrong. And yeah. I would say that maybe they should get some KO sports gear singlets, which are oh, amazing. Oh yeah. See your America pick for more information. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, listen, if that's how I look in it, just imagine how people who represented America would look into it, uh, for, uh, America. Anyway, all right. I'm glad that we've discussed all those things, Kev. Yeah, I want to go to a next. Fight. It's interesting I that wanna, this is still another fight. I want going to be the thing that's going to happen. It's going to push us forward, Zach. When you're looking at this fight, though, I'm going to take you to the question that the guy in the Uber pool asked me. Wait, so Brock Lesnar might not win, is what you're telling me? How do you see that fight going? Yeah, that's like, even what I've been telling our guys that want to fight MMA, like some of the guys I'm coaching, like, I just ask them, like, how would you win this fight? If you were going to fight that guy, how would you win that fight? And that's what you got. That's what I'm thinking about with Lesnar, like, going backwards with it. How, if he would win, how does he have submissions? I don't, I don't think so. Right. Can he even rear naked choke somebody with his huge ass arms? (laughs) I don't even know if that's possible. I don't think he could hold the bat to be honest with you, you know? So, um, and his, his stand-up is ass. So I'm thinking the only way he can win is by a five-round hold-him-down fest. But can he hold DC down like that? I don't think so. So I, don't, I just don't see how he wins. Um, keep, keep in mind, though, that is an interesting aspect because people were saying that with Mark Hunt and how that fight was going to go. And he realized really quickly, like, yeah, I don't want to stand and bang with you, bro. Like, that lets you into the fight. So then he just kind of said, well, you're tubby. And if I just kind of keep you on your knees or I'm on top of you, you can't really do anything to me. And I'm just going to smother you. And that's how I'm going to win. Yeah. I think, I think maybe one of the only ways is if he gets like a, kind of like a Khabib style, like wrestling side ride, like with the arm underneath, like hooking his wrist and just punching him from like under, you know what I mean? I like like controlling his back and just hit him with like uppercuts. You know what I mean? Yep. That yep. might be the only way he wins. I dig it. Actually, you know what? Brock Lesnar by electric chair. Fuck it. <laughs> You're talking about a guy who, if memory serves me right, does have a submission over uh, Shane Carwin, which was the world's most mm, head and arm choke. Not remembered as a great finish. No. He hmm. definitely did the bare minimum in finishing that head and arm choke. So for you to think he's going to go to electric chair, my friend, 
you are taking bold predictions, which I guess we should get back to, Kev. What was the other fights we should be talking about here? I personally think we need to apologize to the just America. This is your and I's fault, Zach. We couldn't have hyped the Nagato-Lewis fight enough. I know. We blew it. I, Raph, if I may, my mm. sincerest apologies to the general public for my optimism. That was, if 2018, 2017, 2016 have taught me anything, it's that I need to just be prepared for the fucking worst. Mm. And yeah, I need to also apologize. I'm sorry. Zach and I apologize is all we're saying because that was our fault. This had this fight had all the makings on paper. It was supposed to be great. And yeah, that one's on us. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever heard Joe Rogan suggest someone needs to see a sports psychologist before the fight had ended. Wow. It's also one of the rare times they decided not to interview at all after the fight because they right, kind of want to sweep that. it under the rug. Now, I know you guys hyped that one a lot, and I did have a note here that said neither of you believed in Daniel Cormier, nope. uh, despite my best efforts to say, like, do you think that he's better at that weight? And he did mention one thing in his post-presser, too, where he said he was uh, actually, since he wasn't cutting, he was kind of weighing at about 235, and that the actual weight for him made the training harder because he was carrying more around. And he's like, it was so weird. I just couldn't help but think, like, well, you could still lose a little weight. No need like, you don't look. have to be that size. You know what? You do, you, DC. Yeah. Uh, but let's go back to this idea. Okay, so you guys both didn't enjoy that. Uh, like, did you guys fall asleep? Did you hate your life? Like, what was going through your heads? Because at my viewing party, there was definitely somebody who yelled out, hey, they won't hit each other for at least the first minute. And that was a fun gag for the first minute. And then by the time you see that 10 strikes were thrown by one of the fighters, if not both, you go, uh-oh. I think this is what we're in for now. Yeah, I, I didn't even know what to do, man. Everyone was just kind of in awe, just staring at it. It reminded me of the, you ever see the fight between Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn where they did that for a mm. half hour? <laughs> Back yeah. in the day, where they just circled each other for a freaking half hour, I was like, "What the? Someone like you know what I mean? You turn into that that asshole guy in the crowd who's like, fucking hit him!" And I just started <laughs> doing that. Then I'm like, "Why am I doing this?" <laughs> I had my you you need to keep watching because something's about to happen. Face <laughs> on, and I was Back, like, I "Look away, love it, love it." Francis Ngata, and I have such an NBA zone right now. I've been watching a lot of summer league. I was like, I know what he's doing. He's just trying to get some experience in those late rounds. He's like, Hey, I knocked it out too fast. I got to chill. So I was watching with like my hand sort of partially open because Derek Lewis looked like he did not want to be there. He, he just looked like, I mean, I took the fight because of the money and by two minutes left in the third, I was like, Oh no, this is like uh, the time you watched. What was that movie where um, Brad Pitt aged in reverse? Well, the, the ben, Benjamin ben Button. Button. Thank yes. you. It was like that. I was like, nope, that was the whole movie. It was just three <laughs> hours of my life that I will not get back. And that's this fight felt similar. Yeah, I get you. I, I will say this. They uh, backstage, Derek Lewis uh, talked to the media and he said, yeah, it was just a terrible performance. So he owned up to it very quickly. 
Dana White, on the other hand, in speaking on behalf of Francis Ngannou, uh, pulled his very famous who? Because afterwards, he said that Francis Ngannou let the Alistar fight go to his head and that his ego made him go out of control. And that that's what ended up make, making him become this not fighter he was supposed to be. Uh, in essence, saying like, he didn't live up to the hype. Can you believe that? And it's like, well, who hyped him? I mean, I did, but yeah. I'm pissed. His hype man's upset. <laughs> this happened. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I paid off my student loans. My credit went down. Raph, I, this is just a, what a time. This is participation trophies all over again. We're getting blamed for shit. We had no hand in. <laughs> Though, yeah, I yeah, will I say, what the hell was going on with Francis Ngannou? What, does anyone have any? There wasn't like a he's injured. There wasn't anything. It was more of a Markel Fultz to keep banging away at the NBA analogies. He just w- disappeared. He wasn't fighting. He was in there. He was doing the whole thing where he bobs and he weaves, and then he just wasn't fighting. Yeah, there was like one spot, though, where he kind of like threw a right and a left, and it like nearly missed, and everyone was like, oh, here we go, and then nothing. Okay. Yeah. Apologies, so, America. There is that. I do want to bring up the fact that we haven't even remotely mentioned the original co-main event just disappeared on us. And that was the one I was the most excited about. So if we're all okay. apologizing for things, me even remotely saying, hey, I'm interested in this fight, was a mere fact of the fight gods going, well, then we must take it away. Then we can't have that. <laughs> Zach, what was your reaction late on 4th of July, or I guess the next day for you, your time zone, when you heard about Max Holloway having to be pulled out of that fight. Yeah, I, I was pissed because obviously that was the one fight that I was really looking forward to. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't know anything was going on with Holloway. Other people said that they noticed it, but I had no idea. And then I thought it was the whole thing was falling apart. And then I thought the whole thing was a joke because I thought they were going to scrap the whole thing. Cause remember DC fell at the press conference. They I know. was like, what is going on? Dude? <laughs> yeah. Did you see was- that? That was so great when he fell, and then he zoomed in on Dana's face. That zoom in might as well be my favorite viral clip of the year, because Dana just looking at DC going, Ferguson tripped on wires, Max Holloway concussion, and now this motherfucker is going to backstep off this stage? No. Like, what the hell is going on? How the guys can't walk now? Or is it, like, dangerous conditions working for the UFC or whatever? Like, setting up traps for guys and shit? I don't know. Well, I can tell you this, Zach. Based off of some experience this podcast has had, their press crew and, in general, their hostility towards professionalism comes at a small price. And one of those things is putting 40 fucking steps behind a table of people at a podium sitting on chairs who forgot about the tiny fucking step because they sat down a half hour ago when people were asking them 27 questions about their future. So the UFC doesn't do a very good job. They scrum you in, tell the media to go fuck themselves, and then everyone gets out of there as fast as fucking possible. So what they need to do is maybe slightly change their attitude about things like verbal tap in the finishers podcast. (laughs) Add a little extra ump to giving a shit hire someone that's done this before and not isn't just dana's friendly oh. nephew and then we can move to a place where fighters don't fall off the stage it's gonna be a while they gotta do something 
So here's my my kind of little note on that too. When DC looked like he was about to go down on that, I couldn't stop laughing. First of all, but then I had a real moment where you know you look over at this card and you say, "Was it the old man New Balances that he's wearing?" Because I think that dads across the world were really, really encouraged by seeing DC do that. I felt like there should have been a meme of dads with salad tongs at the grill, all raising them in honor of Daniel Cormier winning, because it really did give the everyman quality that he could, he could do it on their behalf at being 39 and heavyweight champ and light heavyweight champ. Having said that detective Bisping was the one who figured it out very loud and clear and was telling Max Holloway while on camera you don't look so good. Wow. How can he see? He can see? <laughs> you know, I, I will say that we have a this theory on the like show. one eye, doesn't he? Yeah, we have a theory on the show. Like, I've never really been a huge Michael Bisping fan. But I think that retired Bisping might actually be somewhat entertaining to me. I think that this version of him where he's just like, hey, I don't mean to be all mean, but yeah, you know, you don't look so good. And it's like, yeah, the, the joke is supposed to be, how can you see me, Michael Bisping? Also, I think I'm concussed, so I'm not that quick. So, uh-oh. I guess I'm not going to be able to do my one-liners like the Max Holloway you know and love. Kev, I said this to somebody. I said this to my good friend uh, Rich uh, Leroy this week on a show. I said, didn't it feel like Brian Ortega's time, though? This He looks so good in his suit. This upset me deeply. They kept clipping to him. It's like... <laughs> Can he grapple someone in between while Anik and them hype Dana's amateur TV career for the <laughs> during the midweek? Like there was a lot of shots to the Brian T. City Ortega, and it was a massive bummer yeah. we lost him on this fight. But this we can't have nice things. We just can't. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how that one shakes out. Obviously, we wish the best to Max Holloway and his team. Uh, the friends that I know for uh, T. City were very very disappointed. Um, all except for Nate Harris. Nasty Nate Harris. Somebody put up a really, really funny meme. I think it was the, the Strangle Squad that showed Brian in a variety of sections, like surfing, being a cowboy, having like everything that a woman would want. And it's like, yo, watch your women around Brian T-City Ortega. And I thought it was funny. And one Nate Harris goes, he's not even that good looking. Like, I don't understand. I'm better looking than him. I don't understand why you would say that. And I couldn't stop laughing at that. I've said in the past that Brian's T-City Ortega looks like a precious unicorn that we need to protect at all times. Because he does that blinking. They fucking give him the cornrows. Like, he is a good looking man. But the fact that Nate Harris felt challenged. I mean, I don't know if you can put this on the 10th Planet forums. But just let us, you know, know if he needs help. I'm just saying that, Zach. He doesn't have the hairdo as T City. I mean, look at T City. He's a beautiful man. You got to pay homage. It's it definitely. Uh, anyway, it's great all right, Kev. Let's say this: Were there any other fights, Kevin, that you thought were of note? I thought a couple things. One, you guys both didn't get Uriah Hall, despite your hope that he would show up a little bit more. That was more so a testament, I think, to the great food and all naturalism of Brazil, Kev. All natural. 
all Brazil. Mm-hmm. Though this fight was in Nevada, so it wasn't like Costa was on the Dino Juice. Um, I didn't see any of the prelims, but I will give Anthony Showtime Pettis. The, yes. The man has an exceptional confidence with his uh, triangle off the back armbar submission game, and it just works. Yeah. For whatever reason, there's no... He was in that position four times, and I say this yeah. as, in a respect to knowing what Michael Chassay is possible of. He obviously knew that was the position. He understood the dangers and still got caught with it. It's yeah. crazy. And what did you and, think, um, though, on he, he, he looks huge. He looks, he looks huge, Chassay, doesn't he? He's, got a, he's a massive guy for that weight. Yeah, big dude. Well, for not that weight or for whatever weight he came in at, yeah, he's a big dude. Oh, yeah, he didn't even make weight. And he did that thing where you could see it was a little affecting his brain power when he announced that he missed weight and goes, I'm done with this. I'm done with this category. I'm out of this weight class now. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's a good proclamation to make. Uh, Maybe, maybe you could make it later, but you do you. Here's the thing that was the weirdest aspect of that fight. I love the fact that Mike was kind of egging on uh, Pettis as if like, nah, man, you ain't going to hit me. You ain't going to hit me. And then he got struck in the chin. He was like, ow, runs away. And then Pettis didn't, he was trying to do like a flying knee, but instead just threw his whole yeah. body at him. And then that kind of caused the collapse, Cock shot punch. up a very loose guard. And then once he shot up that guard, he was just kind of like, oh man, I think that Mike feels like he can actually get out of this, uh, this guard. He's not even worried about that triangle, except that, that arm is definitely in. And he tried to do it the first time, like Kevin mentioned, and he had enough intel to be like, got, I, I bet think I could get this. He was a little too overconfident in his guard. Just got just got mm-hmm. caught up and then realized he had a good triangle and that was it. But he that's he's known for that. So yeah. And I feel like, you know, I felt like Mike was gonna try and tough out of that triangle for as long as he could. But once he had that arm secured, I was like, Yeah, well, this is a wrap. We good. We good on that as well. So Props to Pettis. It was a nice return to form for him. And our good friend okay. Dan Borovic, who was also uh, in his corner. And uh, I gave Dan some shit because he did that thing, Kev, when grapplers don't know what to do when they're inside of a cage. So he went to go get a photo taken of him, and he just like crossed his arms and looked like the nerdiest guy possible in a cage. And I was like, dog, don't make us look bad as grapplers in cages like that. It's really embarrassing for us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what, you know what uh, I want to ask you guys about? Do you see that Vinny Magalhaes thing? Did you see that chick? The girl? I did. Yes. Curse him out? Like right afterwards? Yes, I did. Uh, you mind giving us the context for that, sir? Yeah. Um, the So there was a girl she fought, and she said that Vinny Magalhaes wasn't going to be in the other girl's corner. And then he just showed up. He didn't text her at all. She was supposed to be his teammate. And then he showed up and ended up being in the other girl's corner. And then she called him a piece of shit and he can go fuck himself. Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting uh, turn of events of because, oh, yeah, Kev. It, it, that it, sounds it, like well, Here's what I can say to you. You know that you would truly have seen the clip if you pay attention to Uncle Hinoch's, oh, yeah, he sure Uncle Hinoch's uh, Instagram that basically did the joke. The perfect girl doesn't exist. And then. He stopped saying anything, and then it replays that clip of that girl chewing out Vinny Magalesh, and it's amazing. Classic. 
fucking classic. So, Kev, I think you already told us at the top, but I think we need to get the official results. I have made no such bold proclamations yet, but I, well, I'll just name them. He got Austin Sal, Whitmire, and Derek Lewis correct. He got the other nine, ended up being eight fights incorrect. Fortunately, Raph, six to three, verbal tap wins via unanimous decision. Just Damn. First round choke out. Demolished. Just I got, a choke I got whomped. Yeah. Yep. So, Kev, that was like let's remind versus CM Punk. <laughs> so, Kev, here's my question to you. What do you win on this one? I win a 30-second spot. Um, I believe he was going to do it on the Finishers podcast. He didn't make it perfectly clear where that uh, endorsement would come from, but I believe I get a 30-second endorsement. I mean, Kev, shouldn't it just be on the oh, next yeah. Finisher show stream. That's what I. It was makes expecting. the most sense mm. because it's going to be on August 11th and 12th, and on the 12th they're going to have a big showcase. They're going to have lots of time to fill the air, and so here's the only condition for that, though, Zach. You cannot give away the fact that you lost yeah. a bet, so you have to just do a cold, beautiful reading of how great both Verbal Tap is and Kevin. On that show. I can do that. And I I, will make it really good. And Jay will be there also, too. So he will be, he'll be sitting, Big Jay will be sitting in with with, uh, the whole crew doing the commentary. And I will get on there and I will make a very nice, very, very nice spot for Mr. Kevin and the Verbal Tapcast. Beautiful. That's what victory looks like. That's what a Brock Lesnar push feels like via the podcast, my friend. Now, I want to say this before we get you on out of here, which is uh, obviously that show's coming up. Uh, Give our best to Jay Regal Burrito, who I believe is on your guys' podcast this week. So check out Finisher's uh, MMA podcast, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, if people are so interested in seeing and or hearing you, where can they do those things? Like maybe where can they find out more information about this tournament that's coming up, sir? Okay. So, um, go to finishers, jujitsu.com and, uh, you can find all the info up there about the pro show and the open that we're doing August 11th and 12th at Subforce BJJ in Lynnhurst, dirty New Jersey. And, uh, you can find me on Instagram or where, wherever, people are found at uh my name zach maslany i love it zach we want to thank you for coming on the show obviously uh y'all are very near and dear to us here at the verbal tap podcast we're glad that you were able to give kevin some great clash uh, maybe not really a competitive sort of picking assortment but a lot of brilliant shit talking which holds you dear to our hearts uh we look forward to seeing the show uh, i hear that you guys are going to have uh, great things with Joey and Eric as they come out for their super fights. And uh, I very much look forward to hearing back from the guys when they go out to visit y'all. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'll come on and take a beat down anytime you guys want and um, <laughs> love what you guys are doing for everybody and uh, for the sport, man. Appreciate you guys. We've got some more fights to talk about. We have some more topics. You were at uh, CXF, which I want to hear about. Um, hopefully it has the same sort of, I'll use a nice metaphor 
Um, hopefully yeah. it has the Paul Felder toughness aspect because he broke his arm during a fight, <laughs> which that was not a good break fall. I will say from a jujitsu oh. standpoint, that is not how I would teach break fall um, to, to anyone, though. Frankly, Paul Felder <laughs> gets points, and fighting Mike Perry does not look fun. Just doesn't, especially when he heads out though, seconds into the fight. Uh, it really made me think. Uh, I got really mad when I saw that fight, mostly because I realized I had a misjoke opportunity in the mispronouncing of his name, and I wanted to do the joke now, even though over under Kevin is done. But um, what's the name of the fighter again, Kev? The fighter's name Paul Felder. Felder, I hardly knew her. Hey, hey. hey all right. Listen, I almost did Mike Perry. I was like, which fight did you check about? <laughs> Mike Perry, I, if you had done Mike, Mike Perry, Perry I, like, I hardly Shit. knew her. What? <laughs> uh, Paul Felder, I mean, uh, it was an interesting fight. Like you said, uh, the headbutt was there. But I also think part of that was scar tissue because uh, Paul's been fighting for a, a bit Few just years. in terms of how old he is. So there, there was that as well. Anyway, let me let me say this. Um, yes, CXF was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, shout out to a number of people. One of my friends, Bo, who, uh, is out from, uh, Santa Barbara, that sort of area. Uh, he took a fight on essentially nine hours notice, I think. Damn. Something like that. Like, I just happened to be sifting through the photos of the weigh-ins and I happened to stop on one and I go, that's not Bo, is it? He wasn't. Oh, he probably would. Yeah. He did sign up to take a fight, didn't he? <laughs> so when I like saw him backstage, I ran into him and I go, hey, Bo, I didn't know you were going to be on this. He's like, me too. <laughs> Dope. I'm stoked, man. I go, we live different lives, my friend. So great seeing him out there. I uh, had a really uh, fun fight uh, that led off the night. Also, shout out to JJ. Keep your head up, my man. He got caught with an arm bar. But you know what, dude? He had this crowd hype as fuck. There were no short of at least 100 people who were there for seeing him. Um, also, big ups to our good friend Marcos. Um, there was a great fight between one AJ uh, Bryant and uh, DC. Another DC. It was a night of DC. Same okay. DC? Different DC? Uh, it was a different DC because okay. uh, the weight wouldn't have worked out there. Because I was going to uh, retract and be like, yep, he's the greatest ever. That's <laughs> yeah. in all of the weight classes kev that would have been his third weight class and uh i think you'd have to cut dc in half in order to fight at this weight class but uh you know i, I have the the benefit of uh, having trained with dc a little bit and uh, i know him he's a super nice guy and he went into beast mode dude took it to aj who's you know under our good friends over with um uh, Chad George and and um, Josh Barnett. So he's got a really nice pedigree of people who are in his corner. And Josh Barnett yelling out things hushes the entire crowd, I want to point out. But they they had a really, really fun match. I was really stoked to see that one. Um, other small little notes to give you guys. J.J. Uh, Buckner. <laughs> Kev, I think I need to tell you this about <laughs> this fighter. There's a fighter named uh, David Acuna. Okay. Okay. Do you know what his nickname is? No. Well, hold on. Matata? Mm hmm. Is it? Okay. Fully <laughs> pronounced. They're like, David Akuna like, Matata. I know what I want it to be. It's like, David Hakuna <laughs> Matata. They just look <laughs> at him. See how many people in the crowd start bursting out. It's going to be a lot. And 
dog. It was uh, it was one to behold. Uh, there was a rarely seen uh, Von Flute choke. That was uh, a way to finish a fight. Made so OSP I had one of my. It would have. Um, I happened to find one of my friends, Eddie Mendez, who uh, is in the nice Jean Jacques uh, affiliation as I am. And he looked at me and he goes, dog, that's a really cool choke. I wish someone would teach it to me. And I was like, shame, I don't know it. Nope. Definitely don't know how to set it up. I've never seen it. Never heard of it before. This is a new one for me. But it looks cool. Never show you. Um, (laughs) There's a great moment. So the guy who ended up winning that fight, his name is Daniel McWilliams, which, by the way, sounds like the fakest name anybody has ever been given by the FBI. Daniel Williams. Mick Williams. Mick Williams. We've got to add something to it. Daniel Williams is too plain. What about Mick? That's genius, Griggs. <laughs> Just somebody eating their McDonald's going, I know. I got this. Uh, then there was a great fight between Blake Builder and uh, Julian uh, Baez. Now, here's the interesting thing about this fight. Uh, Julian was really resourceful at times on this fight. Just really, really cool, interesting ways of uh, bringing in his knees and and getting the striking to kind of really put a little bit of ease on Blake Builder, who has a lot of hype coming from uh, you know Minnesota. Now, the funny part about this is our good friend uh, Chris Kaviter from Minnesota just happened to be messaging me and saying, "Wait, are you at a set of fights where Blake Builder is fighting at?" And I said, "He's fighting right now, right in front of me." And he goes, dude, he's really good. And I go, yeah, he, he ended up winning a match uh, tonight. It was a it was a good fight. He's like a little mini tiny tank, dude. 155 of pure. I don't want to train with that. So uh, it was good to see him out there. And yeah, dude, it was it was a really nice night of fights. Um, it's always good to see them. I know they got their next fight uh, card coming up on August 25th. Don't quote me on that. And I believe it's going to be at the Sportsman Lodge out here in the studio city. So uh, big ups to our good friends at CXF. I had a blast and I look forward to seeing them and we'll be putting up some photos uh, on our page throughout the week. So keep a look at our Instagrams and at kid, a photo on Instagram and kid, a photography on Facebook. Ref mm. great news mm. for um, people that are in pharmaceuticals advertising, especially, and are like, damn it, we need to get that UFC demographic on lock. Great news for them. It sounds like we are going to Geritrol up two of the, the sports. We're going to Jurassic Park, Chuck Liddell, I guess, to get him back in the cage. I presume there's some parts of him and some Ambers across the country. There has to be a way that this fight is a joke and will not happen. Please tell me it's not going to happen. Okay. So there's a moment during the Hall of Fame ceremony where it said, oh, my God. And this is from the UFC's language, by the way. Oh, my God. Look at this impromptu meetup between Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. And I had a remark. There was no part of that. That was spontaneous. You watch your mouth when you talk to us, UFC. Rude. It was a real spontaneous night. Yeah. <laughs> it was really spontaneous indeed, guys. I just, I was so mad, dude. It was so... When you look at something like that, Kevin, 
you have those moments where, you know, the next night, at least the UFC got the WWE part right by having Brock Lesnar come in. And it's just because his presence is, all right, this giant human being is ridiculous. All right, sure. <laughs> when you have Tito and Chuck, you go, ah, no. And Kev, there was footage that got put up of Chuck Liddell boxing this week. Mm-hmm. I can't with it. It's no, it's mean. It's slow. I, somebody asked me if they had sped it down, and I said I honestly can't tell you if they did. I just I look at it, and I know sometimes you have fight camps who put out fake footage of a fighter who's supposed to look like they're not in their prime. Kev, um, I'm gonna send it to you so that when we do shoutouts, you can take a look at it, and I want you to. Give me your honest opinion on if I'm being a little too harsh on it. I'm going to be harsh on this whole situation. This is not okay. okay. This is not the same fun of Brock Lesnar's um, rather performance-enhanced version of himself. This is a little different to me. And I could give a shit who wins this fight. This fight would be interesting to me if we develop fight robots in the near future and you can arm them, like you can man them from a safe room, maybe. <laughs> that would be fun. Sure. Uh, watching Chuck Liddell try and walk out to the cage one more time does not is not my idea of a good time. Ooh, I'm on UFC.com. Guess who's already a notable fighter? Who? Brock Lesnar. No, I cannot. Yeah, it was like they prepared. Did they stage that, Kevin? Well, if I know the UFC web design team, like I think I do, they are a little bit more above the press version, but they did it awfully fast. That's for sure. Interesting. Uh, okay, I uh, see that you sent me a link. I will pull it up when uh, when we get to shoutouts. Yeah, we're we're rounding the corner here. We're yeah. rounding the corner to third. Okay. What do we got? What's what else is on the agenda? We did the, <laughs> we we did the dinosaur there. fight. <laughs> we did. Uh, we should talk on some good news, though. AJ Agazarm and uh, Gio Martinez is a go for Kasai grappling. So get excited about that, guys. Or they, don't. They also got Craig Jones and Paul Harris, right? Yes. So now we, we get to see skinny, better-looking, more accomplished Gary Tonin fight Paul Harris. That'll be a funny difference. Oh, my goodness. First time wow. we just watched like, the normal Gary Tonin. I'd rather watch the more fun version. <laughs> amazing i'm impressed with uh, their ability to make this one happen and it seems like you know what guys give the people what they want which is the ability for Love. everybody to get behind geo and a handful of youtube stars to get behind aj i uh watched thor Ragnarok or whichever the most recent one it was on netflix mm -hmm. And Paul Harris has a lot of our Hulk-like qualities in the jiu-jitsu yeah. community, just in terms of his. So it's always fun to see him go up against someone. No friendly reminder that he did kind of, I thought, got beat up pretty well by Gary Tonin. Uh, just as a nice reminder, uh, you saw that movie, Kev. You liked it, I'm sure, right? Uh, ra raging raging rock on something yeah thor gargon mm -hmm. yeah yep it's very funny i enjoyed that one but there's a rock formation character you remember him correct i do i remember messaging kit dale and saying that should have been you <laughs> playing that voice unfortunately it was a very talented director who's amazing 
Um, but I love the idea of whenever he says, and <laughs> somebody made a meme of it, but it just goes, piss off, ghost. <laughs> that little shit just catches me every time and I go, yeah, that's funny. That's really good. So uh, we may start developing a segment called piss off, ghost, and uh, finessing that for you guys. But in, in the meantime, I can tell you this, Kev, did watch a little bit of the Ultimate Fighter finale. Um, it was interesting. Oh, yeah. You didn't miss a ton. Uh, Alex Caceres won a very sloppy fight that was addictively sloppy. So as I watched it, I said, there's not a lot of really good technique here, but I'm all about this. This is great. The contender fights, but tough. It's different than his Dana fight millionaire. Yes. Yes. And there is news. There is going to be another ultimate fighter. It will be Kevin. Forrest, not Forrest Whitaker, Gump versus Kelvin Gastelum. Tough Ooh. alumni coming back to host to take on Bobby Knuckles. Kelvin Gastelum versus who? Bobby Knuckles. Okay. All right. I'm in. Uh, so I'm probably watching. You know, Kevin Kelvin has been asking for a title fight forever, and he's finally getting on his hashtag, on a mission for gold. So uh, that part is a great fight. Then there's also the reality of having to fight, you know, Whitaker. Well, which, I, big yeah, pressure I on Kelvin um, versus Bobby Knuckles, because right now if you do Kelvin versus Bobby, the first Google search is Chef Kelvin Fernandez versus Bobby Flay, and that upsets me deeply. So if Kelvin and Bobby don't mind, like, really up in the game here, that would be good. And trying to get the better SEO happening very quickly. I, well, as we know, the UFC web designer does not take breaks. They were awake, ready for the Brock <laughs> Lesnar surprise news that no one saw coming. Wow. So that's what's happening there. Ronda Rousey uh, gave a very nice speech uh, for her Hall of Fame induction. Um, you know, it had a lot of empowerment in saying that, you know, even though she was the one to break down the barriers, um, she did it purely because of the love of the fans. It was a nice love letter to it. So um, obviously people hated it though, Kev, because fuck that bitch, according to the internet. Um, but it was nice. You know, it was a really nice speech. I always like seeing that mix of watching fighters try to do speeches like you and I have written in the past and then having a moment of saying, it's a good thing we're talented at different things. Yes, though she was doomed from the start with this acceptance speech. And I, just from the public opinion, but I'm excited. I, I will look into what she said only because I do know she's also part of their 25-part upcoming short series oh, no. on how the UFC came to be. Much mm -hmm. like, it's like more, that might be more episodes than when the History Channel did how the states were formed. I will look yeah. into that. that <laughs> this might be more. This is a lot of shorts, but one definitely features Ronda Rousey, deservingly so she is still. And you talk all the smack you want, she'd be the biggest draw we have if she walked in the door tomorrow. I mean, Kev, here's the best part about that 25 feature. You get, for the very few times that you'll ever hear this, Ken Burns going, yo, can you tone that down? <laughs> I assume we're in it. I mean, if, the, if it's 25 <laughs> parts... Did, was, did they interview us? Were we behind a green screen? I assume you did a lot of the voice work for Dana, because much like Ted Nugent, he doesn't know his own shit when, he, when his face isn't plastered on there. 
the best is Kev. I don't know if you've seen this, but the Nuge was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, and uh, he at one point says, "You know these vegans and vegetarians, they actually hurt the environment more than anybody." I was like, Nuge, this is this is a lot. I Guy enjoy the fact isn't the voice on his hit songs. It's not the voice. I, it's not his voice. Somebody else. I voice. just love the fact that this man over here continues to get people who amplify his voice. And yes, I am aware of the fact that we are talking about it on the show. However, Joe Rogan put him on a podcast. We don't need to do that, people. So I'm doing it for awareness of let's just not. No, you can tell Joe's in that awkward space of how do I avoid this next political discussion in a time that everyone's a political discussion and he might not be able to. I guess he's not trying to avoid it. But I, I wonder Why if does Joe he have Ted thinking, Nugent on? I guess is my I question. Because <laughs> Joe, I think maybe at a certain point, just lets his comment section become his booking. Sure. And just like the the masses will it. And he just goes, eh, I can't help it. Because there's a lot of people like, what, do you want to silence his voice? It's like, no, I, I don't want to add to the already 50 fucking amplifiers <laughs> that are behind him. Well, I'm also thinking like of myself. To- he has like, no problem getting what is time. He, he so. doesn't going to say anything that I'm going to sit there and go, that's a valid point. Let's talk more about that album you barely appeared on. Yeah. And, uh, oh, this was a fun family moment. So my father, I guess, hasn't followed Charlton Heston's career. He's, he's oh, obviously not a big oh. fan of the NRA. But he was talking about a movie from the 70s, like Soil and something. Soil and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever. And... I don't. There was a reason it came up, <laughs> but he was like, "Wait, you remember Charlton Heston?" I was like, "We know Charlton Heston." Turns out our generation knows a very different Charlton Heston. Sad, sad stuff. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, the gun crazy." He's like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "He's been the voice of the NRA, you know, even after he died, he's still doing it. Figure that out." <laughs> so, which, by the way, if you really ever thought about Charlton Heston's funeral, of them saying, "Well, guys," he said to pray. His gun from his cold, dead hands. Do, he is dead now, so open guns? season. Yeah, I guess I guess we take his guns. So in the end, was pro-gun control. Just had a super, <laughs> super stringent time frame. Well, that's all of the Ted Nugent Charlton Heston talk for this week's <laughs> podcast. Which, episode. by the way, never made any of the rundowns you or I looked over. Like, did it at all appear on an outline of, you know, we should talk Nuge. I've just gotten really caught up in all of, uh, you know, in the injuries and recovery, you get time to maybe catch up on some art and media. So I have been just (laughs) plowing through documentaries and movies. And one of them I saw was, um, God damn, uh, I'll, I'll Google it while we move into some, it was Rob Zombie's documentary Mm. on Netflix, uh, Hired Guns. Mm. Watch Hired Guns if you get a chance, but Ted Nugent is not Ted Nugent on his albums. So he can go fuck himself. <laughs> Love it. Hand out. Uh, Needed a safe zone to get his songs out. <laughs> this is a great <laughs> chance to pivot maybe to congratulating Rhonda one more time and some shout outs. Yeah. Well, do you want to start and I'll watch this? Yeah, that sounds like a great plan. Uh, I want to give a shout out first to Flow Grappling because Flow Grappling took what appears to be a uh, Instagram filter snapshot of uh, no, actually this is Kasai who did this. 
uh, Kasai took a, a snapshot of the Flow Grappling article announcing Craig Jones versus Polaris and uh, added that really deep Instagram filter. And I just said, this is fucking garbage. Well, like, you don't have any other way of announcing this mega fight that all of us are excited to see. No, thank you. Big shout out to our good friend, Mr. Lich Leroy, Rich Leroy, who uh, came out to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, trained with me. He's a beast. I hate training with him because he's the worst, but he's also the best. Uh, we had a nice discussion. If you guys are looking for that, go check out the Verbal Tap cast on Facebook. Also, check out our YouTube page because we're putting up like an interview a day, Kevin. Yeah, you are That's pumping out interviews. Right 100% putting out and we've still got more you might see a Verdum on there you might see what who was I talking to on those uh, PJ Barch we've got Boogie on there we've got I mean the names go on and on people I could go on for I mean be a mosquito I won't do that anymore but I'll tell you that much they're great interviews I think you guys really really enjoy them and uh, let's shout out the Valley Martial Arts Center V-Mick. I want to say a thank you to everybody there. I got to teach a class uh, yesterday. Got to go over some leg lock theory and uh, kind of show the guys um, some cool entries into things that I've been working on. And uh, it was very nice to get the opportunity to do that. So uh, I think we'll be doing a little bit more of those classes here and there. I will keep you guys posted. Shout out to the Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club. LA JJC. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. And then Tuesday, Thursdays at 11.30 in Dodge Key. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Nogi. Let's help get Joey and Eric ready for their super fights over in the Finishers 6 competition. And uh, I also want to give a big shout-out to my sister for making awesome photos happen at CXF. We're going to put those up again, Kid A Photo. And I want to give a shout-out to 10th Planet Van Nuys, our good friends next week will be fighting Rob Castro and um, Labib, who are going to be on an awesome card. I may or may not be covering it. We'll have more on that. But those guys have been killing it in the gym, and uh, they're always so nice and welcoming. And uh, got to do some gee work with those guys this week as well. So that's going to do it on the bulk of that. Thank you, everybody at CXF, for making it a very fun and easy uh, time going there. To everybody who I saw, big shout-outs. And uh, if I'm forgetting anybody, my deepest apologies, but uh, it has been a very impactful week. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this next week of crazy, crazy training. So them's my shout outs, Kevs. Yeah, I'll do my first shout out goes to Chuck Liddell's speed. We mm. loved you. You were you were explosive. This is this video is great. He looks good for his, you know, for an older, older man. He doesn't look younger uh that's that is for <laughs> sure so shout out to that um i i i do love chuck liddell obviously sure uh he's he's this is just sad this isn't a great thing that i'm watching so his instagram i'm sure he'll get quicker you know he's training again so there was a lot of comments i like how raw instagram people are like this can't be real right it's like why is it slow motion it's like it's not that, that is just how it Currently looks other shout outs. Raph made it out to Estes Park this weekend with an impromptu trip with the parents. That was a blast. Uh, a massive props out to my parents for making a quick trip out and rolling up to Estes. Got to see my friend 
Kevin, who was out there, only typically am I friends with people named Kevin. It's unusual mm. that I'm, I'm Raph is a real journey for me. I'm, I'm trying. Once from Kansas, always from Kansas. There's a serious amount of thank yous that go out to Right Club Denver. A little show I got to be a part of Thursday that is a blast three on three literary challenge like Fight Club, except for uh, nerds, nerd literary battles. It was a just smooth running show. Syntax Opera House. You can find it once a month here in Denver, Colorado. Raph, that will do it for me for some shout outs. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. And where's Brock? Bring him on the podcast. I got something to say to one more guy that I didn't know was going to be here just in case. I guess the worst part about that, Kevin, is people were saying that Brock did the shove out of nowhere. He was rudely called into that octagon. People are yelling at him. He gets scared. He reacted. The new number is. Please note the new number is.